at 20 past five on a Saturday afternoon, I've decided to say a Spotify about suicide. Today, I've been plagued by suicide thoughts, suicidal thoughts. And I often get suicidal thoughts. I often, um, every day actually, I get, sometimes they're fleeting, sometimes they consume me and sometimes trigger warning. I do, I'm going to say this once, there will be trigger warnings throughout this Spotify. Um, Sometimes I have acted upon them. Um, But I got thinking today, and I read somewhere something similar, if, I know a lot of people do suffer with fleeting suicidal thoughts or questioning their existence, their purpose. And I've always wondered why, why one would, would question that. And is it because we don't know if we fit in, if we're in the right job, if we're in the right family unit, if we're, in, if we're situated in the right home? Is it because of our past? Has our trauma, we not overcome our trauma, have we not overcome our childhood, our adolescence? You know, a lot of people say that our teenage years are the hardest years. I actually believe that the 20s are the hardest years. I'm 26. And although my teenage years were incredibly difficult, as were my single-digit years, I actually believe that my 20s are very, very exhausting. Because when you're growing up, when you're, you know, in your single digits, when you're a teenager, you have this ideology that when you're in your 20s, you're going to have a house, you're going to have a career, you're going to get married, or you're going to have a baby. I mean, I never had that one, but... Um, you know, you, you're going to have your whole life sorted, you're going to be driving a car, you're going to be this, you're going to be that. And I think you put yourself on a pedestal um, for your 20s and you realise when you hit your 20s that life does not work that way. And you crash because you haven't achieved what you'd set out to achieve in your earlier days. And I think you put a lot of pressure on yourself which therefore makes you can, de- can make you deviate can cause low self-esteem, low self-worth, psychopathology. And I had done that. I put a lot of pressure on myself in my younger days for my 20s. I was hoping that I would have a career by now, finish uni, have a career. Um, I had a lot of high hopes for my 20s. Um, I think some days I didn't, some days I did. On my good days, I would have a lot of high hopes for my 20s. Um, and my 20s are exhaustingly difficult. I think um, one thing that I have established throughout my years is that I am a lot wiser than what a 26-year-old should be. Um, You know, you endure a lot during your life, but it teaches you things and you can harness your experience and turn it into wisdom, no matter what the experience is. It's how you interpret that experience of course it's going to hurt you of course it is I mean trauma is going to hurt anyone but you can harness that into something more positive how can you harness that into something more positive whether it's helping other people whether it's writing books whether it's music playing piano drawing performing arts um making a movie out of it do you know what I mean it's like you can use your experiences to benefit you to benefit the world instead of being consumed by your experiences. And I haven't fulfilled what I wanted to fulfill in my 20s. You know, I haven't got a mortgage, which for some unknown reason, I thought that when you hit your 20s, you could just rock up to a bank. 
ask a bank, oh, can I have a mortgage? And then the bank would give me a mortgage. I have no idea where that concept came from. But in schools, we aren't learned, we aren't taught this stuff, you know? We aren't taught... I barely know how to... I obviously wash my clothes. I barely know how to use a washing machine. I was never taught this stuff. Um, in schools, we learn about Henry VIII's wives and how he done what he did to them and we learn algebra. That doesn't benefit me. That has not benefited me in my life. I don't care about Henry VIII's wives. I couldn't care less. Sorry they enjoyed what they enjoyed, but I, they have not benefited me in my life. Um, you know, we, we didn't... Some of the stuff we learned in school, I feel we should have been optional and there should have been more compulsory model uh, modules that would have benefited us more, you know, learning about council tax, learning about daily living, learning about mortgages that would have helped us move forward in our lives. Um, so now I'm in my 20s, I have got my own property, but it's not, obviously not my own, it's, it's rented. And I adore where I live. I'm very happy with where I live. Um, but I had had it set in my mind that I would have a mortgage. I have no idea why. Um, I think because in films you see these youngsters, they get all this stuff and, and you think it's that easy. But when I look at my school peers, some of them have babies, some of them are engaged, some of them have even got mortgages because, you know, some of them have got really good jobs and stuff. And I, can't, I compare myself a lot. I compare myself all the time to other people. I'll be walking down the street and I'll think, oh, why can't I look like her? Why can't I be like her? Or why can't I be happy like her? Happiness can be a mask. You know, for Halloween, we put on a scream mask or a Freddy Krueger mask. I think day to day, some of us put on happy masks, a smile mask, a mask of happiness. I think a lot of us do that. I do that occasionally. Well, nearly all the time I put on a smile mask because a lot of people live behind a mask, you know, and sometimes it's just a way of coping. Sometimes we don't want to show the world that we're sad. Sometimes we don't know how to show the world that we're sad. But I've, a lot of circumstances have happened whereby I couldn't fulfil my my um like 20 year old plans and stuff so we never know what's going to happen each day forward you know i could have plans for the next five years something could occur that would prevent them plans from flourishing and that's the thing when you're young you don't realize these these situations you don't realize that you just plan, you think, yeah, when I hit 20s, I'm going to do this, this and this, I'm going to drive a Bentley, I'm going to drive an Aston Martin, I'm going to have a really good job. You never think, well, what if this happens, what if that happens? Because you don't need to think that way um, until you start growing up and realising that life is not as easy as you think it is. I learned that in single digits, but some people learn it a lot later. But back onto the topic of suicide, I often have suicidal thoughts. And... And I asked myself today, I, I was very deep in thinking today, why do I have these thoughts? Because if I was in, heaven forbid, a house fire, I would probably fight to get out of it, you know? I would not sit there in a house fire and allow the, f the fumes and the flames to consume me. I would fight to survive. So although I am riddled with these suicidal thoughts... If I was faced with death, I would still fight to survive. If I was put in a situation where death was there, face to face with death, I would still fight to survive. In any situation, if you put me in deep water, I, I might be a good swimmer, 
But if I was drowning, I would fight to survive. I would fight to breathe because I don't at that precise moment want to die. So a lot of people that have these suicidal thoughts, and if you're having them, if you're listening to this and you're having them, ask yourself that question. If you're put in a situation where death is a strong possibility, would you fight to survive? Then if you would fight to survive, what are you, why are you fighting to survive? Write it down. What is making your life worth living? Because there are things worth living for. And you obviously know that because you're fighting to survive. What would be going through your mind? For me, I still need to figure that out. I've got people I need to live for. I've got my dogs I need to live for. You know, and I know that I would fight to survive if I was given that, um, if I was in that position. So as much as I do attempt these, I do succumb to these thoughts, I do have strong urges, I do have these fleeting thoughts, I will still fight to survive. Many people, unfortunately, not many people, but some people don't fight to survive. Some people do succumb to their suicidal ideations. Some people do, you know, suffer and give up. But other people don't. And be the ones that don't. And I think that's a really important I think this is a really important topic. I don't think this topic's being spoken about enough. I think it's very emotive. I think people are scared to talk about suicide because in case it triggers anyone. Now, a lot of my Spotify's, um, sorry, a lot of my podcasts, I will talk about podcasts, Apple podcasts. I will talk about trigger warnings because I have to inform listeners that there will be a trigger in this podcast. Purely because I, anyone that is easily triggered, they would have to come off the podcast. But when it comes to suicide, I feel that it's important that we do talk about it. One, to raise awareness, and two, to enable other people to know that they are not alone. We are having these fleeting thoughts. We do question our existence. We do question, you know, whether we are whether life is worth living. But would you fight to survive if you were faced with death? Ask yourself that question. You know, why do I get these fleeting thoughts of suicide? Why do I often ruminate? You know, rumination is a, like an obsessive thinking pattern. It's, you ruminate on something obsessively. You, you're constantly thinking about it. And sometimes, some days, I will constantly, constantly think about death. Constantly think about suicide. And, and it's been so strong sometimes that I've envisioned it, like, in depth, like, in vivid detail... The use of imagery in my brain is phenomenal and yet I can't read fiction books because I can't create an image of characters but I can when it comes to my imagination when I'm thinking about that which is just incredible. Um, so always ask yourself that question whenever you're having these fleeting thoughts. Whenever you are having any strong urges, whenever you're ruminating, ask yourself, right, given the situation, if I'm faced with death, would I fight to survive? If your answer is no, I wouldn't fight to survive, ask yourself why you wouldn't fight to survive. If you can acknowledge why you wouldn't fight to survive, then you've acknowledged what the trigger is, what's causing you to feel this pain. Can it be changed? Remember, suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem, as stated before. You know, every, most things can be fixed. If not, it can be managed. You can manage your life. Mental health, in particular... 
does not need to consume you. You can, It can be managed. It does not define you. It is not you. You are you and don't let you stop you. I always talk about mental health on my TikTok, on my Instagram. Um, I'm very passionate about mental health because I feel that not a lot is done about mental health. I feel that the system is absolutely shambolic. Some of the system, sorry, I'm not going to tarnish every doctor with the same brush because I do know some phenomenal doctors. But there are also some not so great doctors. And I feel there needs to be more done in the mental health system. Um, and I'm aware that it's, it's not great for the doctors, but we shouldn't have to suffer because of that. Um, and when you learn your triggers... You can learn to overcome them, you can learn to avoid them, you can learn to manage them, you know, and that's where you start taking control, instead of finding control in other means, other unhealthy ways. When I start losing control, I find control in other ways, and they're not healthy ways. You know, I, I need to be in control of things, I'm not a controlling person, so I will never control other people. Never, ever. But I will find unhealthy ways of controlling things in my life when I feel life is out of control. And I think many people do that. You're looking at eating disorders, you're looking at drug abuse, you're looking at alcohol abuse. You know, it's um, when it's particularly eating disorders, when they feel out of control. I was diagnosed bulimic when I was a teenager. And my life was out of control and I needed something to control. And... That was my way of controlling things, was, was eating, was the lack of eating or eating and then, you know, doing what a bulimic does because that was my way of controlling something. As humans, we have to have an aspect of control because we don't like things being out of control because we feel lost. And that's not a great feeling. We don't want to feel lost in our lives. We need to feel that we are in control of something. Now, we can't control everything. Of course we can't. We can't control when the bus is going to arrive. We can't control when the train's going to arrive. We can't control the weather. But there are some aspects of our life we can control. Harness those aspects. You know, structure and discipline is something that's drilled into me every day. And I never, ever get bored of it. Because it's so important to have those two concepts in your life. Structure and discipline. Structure makes the world go, makes the world turn. Structure makes your day-to-day -day living easier. Discipline makes structure doable because you have the discipline to enable it to happen, you know? Plan your days, journal. Journaling is, I always, I don't, I don't journal much, but journaling, I always used to recommend it to my clients because it creates a space between your mind and the page. So um, if you have something that's niggling away in your mind and you can't get it out and you, you're really struggling, you're frustrated, journal it. If you're, you're struggling with your emotions, journal it because you've then created a space between your mind and the thought and it's on the page. There's a, there's a, a physical space and you can now see that thought in ink. It's, there's a psychological fact that when you create space, it, it eradicates a lot of emotions. And once you can see that, you can start to rationalise it more. So creating space between you and the emotion and writing it on in ink, on paper, will really help gauge what is going on. And then you can start to rationalise it. And this could be mood balls, this could be spider diagrams, this could be bullet points. It could be absolutely anything. 
But journaling is a really good, good, good thing to do, particularly with suicidal thoughts, because, you know, think about what's built up to the suicidal thought. Has it just happened randomly? Mine can just occur. I mean, I could be walking down the street and then all of a sudden a suicidal thought would occur. But I need to look deeper into that because something triggered that suicidal thought. Was it a song that I just listened to? Was it because I've compared myself to someone else? Was it because I felt a bit down? Was it my mood switch? You know, I'm bipolar, so my mood switches. I'm EUPD, which means emotionally unstable personality disorder. So my mood can switch. I need to learn my triggers more, as do we all. Once we can learn our triggers, we can start to to manage it a lot better. And that will all in all help us with the with the suicidal thoughts because they're not great thoughts to be having. They're really not. I mean, they're, tri- they're troubling for one, they're crippling and they hurt, they hurt. I think suicidal thoughts are very misunderstood and one thing that grinds my absolute gears is when someone says you're attention seeking or when someone says, well, if you wanted to do it, you'd have done it by now. That really grinds my gears because that's not the case. You know, I lost people to suicide and they did speak about it. One of them didn't. One of them did. And, you know, you can still speak about it and still do it. It might just mean you wanted to speak about it just to see if anyone would listen. It might just mean that you wanted to have someone to talk to, but you still went ahead with it because you still could not face the world. Some people just don't talk about it because they don't want to talk about it. They don't want anyone to listen. They just don't do it. But the whole attention-seeking concept, that reaching out does not mean you are attention-seeking. It means you are brave enough, strong enough, courageous enough to reach out to get help because you know that you need the help. That is not a bad thing. So I see a lot of things on social media. I have actually learned through social media more than I've learned through society how bad the bullying is. You know, I learned that more through... I was bullied in school, but I learned more through social media how bad bullying is than I learned in school. And I endured bullying in school really bad. But I've learned it more through social because, you know, a lot of the stuff, particularly on apps where you make videos and stuff and you want to raise awareness. A lot of my social media is about raising awareness. You learn that a lot of people, if your followers go up, will believe that you're attention-seeking or that you're using your platform for fame. They don't like it. When really, in reality, you don't care. I don't care about followers. I might have a lot of followers on TikTok or Instagram. I... That's following. The only happiness I've got is because I'm reaching a wider audience. Because I'm sharing the knowledge I have. I might plant a seed. It's a ripple effect, as a wise man told me once. You know, plant a seed in, the, in, the, in a mind, a great mind, that can then plant a seed in another mind, and another mind, and another mind. It's a ripple effect. They all plant seeds everywhere. And then it builds and builds and builds. And then more people start learning. The more people that learn, the more people that grow. Seeds are being planted. And then change can occur. And I think this is what's important. And mental health needs to be made aware of more frequently. And 
Um, that's my purpose with social media. I'm not bothered about um, fame. I'm not bothered about um, anything else. I might put a couple of pictures on there, videos on there of boxing and whatnot. But my main purpose for social media is to raise awareness. Um, and I think it's good when you get a lot of people that have a large following spree, have a large following base that do, 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 do the same, you know? I think that a lot of people are fighting a battle in silence and that breaks my heart because nobody should fight a battle in silence when there's so much help out there, but they don't feel they have anyone to turn to. I don't like the idea that someone feels lonely in this world. We are in a world full of Lord knows how many people. I'm not even going to estimate a number because I don't even know. And yet someone can still feel alone. That doesn't sit well with me. It doesn't sit well with me. Nobody should feel alone. No, nobody should fight a battle alone. Nobody should endure that alone. And nobody should ever succumb to to their, their thoughts and feelings because they felt alone. And as I said before, if you're saying to someone, reach out, reach out, reach out, be prepared to embrace their hand when they do reach out. People reach out to me, I will embrace them. And if I can't help them, I will find someone that can help them. It's as simple as that. Suicide needs to be taken a lot seriously. There was one case where I went to a uh, team of people and she asked me do I feel suicidal and I straight up said yes and she said okay and cracked on with the next question it's not taken seriously because if you talk about it they don't believe you're serious and that's horrendous because then if you don't talk about it and do it it's too late but if you talk about it they don't take you seriously because you're talking about it so they feel well if you're talking about it you're not going to do it because you're talking about it I have no idea where that, that idea came from. I have no idea. But some reason in society, we believe that if you talk about suicide, it means you're not going to do it. And that needs to change. So, that's my thoughts for today. I wanted to share that with you. I thought I would do this uh, podcast in the midst of my thinking process. So... This is a live one today, as it was yesterday, on my Are You Okay one. And I think the upcoming podcast will be live, but be prepared, there will be some stuttering. Um, but I think the upcoming podcast will all be live from now on, because they'll be in the midst of my thinking process, so it's a bit more raw. Um, but if anyone needs to reach out anything, my Instagram is on the bio, and... Remember, there is support out there. There is support. Samaritans is one. And with that, I'm going to wrap this up. And I'll see you all at the next podcast. Have a good afternoon.